big idea, the pure heart of Christ loved the Father and others with no expectation of reciprocity. Our weekly identity statement, Jesus is not only the King of heaven, he is the King of my heart. And our memory verse, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If, as we spoke about on Sunday, this is the state of love in our time, what hope do we have of ever having a heart like Christ? Fortunately, that's not a burden that's on our shoulders. Because just like kingdom love is upside down, the means to this love is also upside down. It's not something we work ourselves up to. It's not something we strive to earn. It's not like a mortgage where you sign your life away and pay interest to get what you're wanting. So, what is it? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We know that Jesus was sinless and that his heart was pure in motives and affections. He was the only sinless one. So, where our hearts are flawed, his heart is perfect. So what did God do? God took the perfect, sinless, spotless lamb and imputed our sin onto him. Imputed? It means to put it on. It means to represent, to represent something, especially something undesirable, as being done, caused, or possessed by someone, to attribute. So Jesus, even though he had never sinned, represented our sin. He became our representatives. He became our delegate. Even though our hearts are deceitful, the heart of Christ is pure, and when Jesus was crucified in our place as our representatives, we became the righteousness of God. Like we started talking about last week, God is going through the process of transforming our heart of stone into a heart of flesh. God is giving us a new heart. In Jesus' words, we are being born again of spirit this time instead of flesh. But we are not bystanders in the process either. What is our job? Surrender. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. By way of delegation, to receive this imputation of Jesus' heart onto our hearts, we follow Christ to the cross. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 25. So, once again we see that the path to life begins with death to what we thought life was. But this is just the starting point, Romans 8, verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. If that same spirit is living in you, then God is going about the process of giving life to your mortal body. That means that the grip death has on your heart is ever decreasing while the hold life has on your heart is ever increasing. We are not who we once were and what we will be is not who we are at this present moment. God is giving life to our hearts through Jesus. 
So, even though our hearts may still bear some of the characteristics of a dead heart or a sinful heart or a selfish heart, we can be confident that God is at work in our hearts, transforming them to be more like the pure heart of Christ. After our initial teaching about this at church on Sunday, Alex got up and offered this picture. Imagine yourself as a brand new canvas. You are perfectly white. There's not a spot on you. Now, imagine that you reach down and pick up mud from a puddle and smear that mud all over the canvas. And now, imagine that you reach down and add more mud to that mud. It's indistinguishable, isn't it? There's no way to tell the new mud from the old mud. But then imagine that Jesus has given you a clean canvas, that the old muddy canvas was replaced by Jesus' perfectly white canvas. And now imagine that you reach down and add a smear of mud to the canvas. Does it stand out on the perfectly white canvas? Of course it does. You can see it now. And this is a good thing because it's a sign that you have a clean heart. The very fact that you're noticing the mud points to your desire to be clean in Christ. Sure, you see the mud, but your heart has been washed clean, and now you can deal with those things that are muddying up your canvas. This is the work God does in our hearts. Like we talked about last week, God is giving us new hearts to replace our heart of stone. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. 2 Corinthians 5.17 You are new. God has made you new. You have a clean heart. God has purified your heart through Christ. It's not perfect yet, but God has taken care of that too. But he's taking care of it from the clean status he gave you. Do you have any hope of having a pure heart? Absolutely. It's something God is doing in you as you continue to surrender to him and give him more and more access to your heart. Our daily scripture focus, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. As we wrap up, I encourage you to take a few minutes to think and pray through a few things. First, conceptualize. Spend a few minutes visualizing yourself as the perfectly made new canvas. See all the muck and filth replaced by Jesus' perfect righteousness. Next, reflect and ask God to bring to mind any muddy smudges that have gotten on your canvas that he wants to deal with. Third, repent. See yourself choosing not to continue to make the same smudges on the canvas and Jesus making your canvas clean and new once again. And finally, thank God. Thank God for making you clean. Thank him for his grace in keeping you clean.